0: You're listening to The Fearless Kitchen Podcast. And now it's time to join your host, Vanessa Baxter. good? Good morning, it's Vanessa here. Thank you for coming and tuning in again to The Fearless Kitchen Podcast, proudly brought to you by World Podcasts. And today's episode, I'm taking you from London, Across to Boston in the USA, and that is a trip that I took. I took the job from London. I received the phone call from a family in the States who said, Hey, can you come and cook over here as our private chef? But the caveat is you need to love golden retrievers because we have three and we'd love you to look after them and feed them whilst we're away and we go away a lot and you know what the next moment I was on a plane shooting over to Boston to go and live on Cape Cod I was the day before the internet so I needed to go to a bookshop to actually find a lonely planet guide to look up where on earth Cape Cod was. Of course it didn't actually feature in the Lonely Planet Guide uh, in those days so it was all very complicated and I ended up having to make an international phone call home to Australia to ask my parents do you have any idea where Cape Cod is because I am about to get on a plane to go to the USA and live there to work so that is the beginning of uh, a series of episodes I'm going to share around my time in the states because it was really an extraordinary period uh, and the opening to all of that is this episode so make sure you stay tuned today i am going to share a story the purpose of the story it's going to be just a snippet of the time that i spent on cape cod and it's going to be about when i first arrived on cape cod and started to cook for a family and really it was a businessman and his wife and it was their clients that i was there to cook for and i had been uh, brought over to cape cod from london And I was there to cook basically all day long, but the primary purpose was for wonderful dinner parties and lovely lunches as clients came over the course of the summer to stay at their home on Cape Cod. So it was sort of an entertaining of clients and of their peers at their home on the Cape, which was beautiful, by the way. And I was replacing a chef from London whose work visa you know, had run out, so he needed to go home. I was coming in to replace him and we had a week to overlap, which was awesome for me. I was so nervous about it. Anyway, this really lovely young chef from London picked me up from the airport in Boston and I was super excited, of course, and nervous and took me down to this absolutely divine home uh, in Cape Cod. And it was all just so exciting and new for me. And of course, I wanted to make an amazing impression. And I realised I was replacing this chef from London who had been cooking uh, for them for a really long time. In the car trip to the Cape, which is a couple of hours from Boston, he was talking to me about what food they liked, how they liked it to be served, uh, what was important for them and what they you know, would prefer that you didn't do, obviously. And he was also... Basically, I understood from him that also, you know, they totally loved him and his food and he had been hoping to stay in the States and cook for them for really a lot longer time and they'd been trying to get him a green card so that he could stay on in the States, but they hadn't been successful, hence why he needed to leave and I had come in to replace him. So all of this is fantastic, but it's also quite daunting to know that you're replacing someone that the people absolutely love and were wishing wasn't leaving them. So, uh, you know, you can imagine there's a fair amount of fear factor for me uh, in the knowledge that they didn't really want him to go at all. And I was kind of like this sad replacement for him. Uh, So yeah, I was really, really nervous. Anyway, the first evening uh, when we got there, he had already prepped for that night's dinner and needed to create You know, dinner in time to get it on the table. I was probably a bit jet-lagged, but I remember going upstairs, finding my room, getting myself sorted and going down to help him out. And, oh, I remember that night just being kind of overwhelmed with – The way he had cooked everything up, got it on the table, seemed so familiar with everything, was familiar with them and really relaxed and I just felt totally nervous and uh, out of place really and a little bit like a fish out of water. Anyway, it kind of went like that for a few nights and then they suggested to him that I cook and he could have the night off. And because I'd been watching him cooking uh, and doing everything his way and they seemed so happy with it, that evening I did not cook the way I loved to cook. I did not cook things that I was familiar with. I tried to replicate his style and his way because I thought that would be preferable for them and that that would create a great impression for me. And of course, you know where this story is going to lead in trying to copy somebody else in trying to copy their style. In fact, in trying to be somebody else and something that I was not went completely wrong. I wasn't happy with the meal that I served up. They sent it back virtually uneaten and I felt sick. I felt absolutely sick. Thankfully, the chef was really nice and we'd organised to meet up for a drink later that evening. And I said to him, oh my God, it was just a complete failure and my food wasn't great and they didn't like it. And he said, look, I think you're a bit hard on yourself and it's going to be fine. But of course the feedback to him was that it was a disaster and they were really disappointed and how were they going to cope without him? And he kind of came back to me and said, you know, look, it wasn't a great meal. They weren't that, that happy. And um, maybe you just need to relax a bit and not stress so much. But of course I was upstairs in my bedroom the next couple of days, you know, crying because I'd had these bad feedback and i thought this isn't going to work and i felt absolutely miserable anyway the day came that he took off and and left the country and it was time for me to kind of settle in and take control of the situation so i had a big staircase to sli- to to climb not to slime but to climb i had a big staircase that I felt I needed to crawl my way back up to the top of um, to win uh, these guys over. So the guy that I was working for, he was he was pretty chilled. I think he realised that I was incredibly stressed and nervous and he was, you know, really patient and pleasant and nice. Um, but the wife was not feeling the same way and I could tell she was not happy about me being in the kitchen and she did not like my food and she didn't think I was going to make the cut and I think she was thinking at what point are we going to send this girl packing on a plane back to London Uh, and so there were many nights where I kind of served up my food and she critiqued it and made me feel very, very small. And I thought this is diabolical. This was meant to be a really fun job. Here I am in America, having the opportunity to cook, having the opportunity on my day off to jump in a car, drive up to Boston to, you know, live on Cape Cod in itself was just such an awesome opportunity and to be able to take in this whole new culture and context of of this side of America. Uh, And it just wasn't going well. Anyway, by pure uh, default, I guess, in the end, it was a matter of just being me and allowing myself to just become myself again and to not try to replicate what the chef had been doing before, Uh, to not worry about what he would have done or could have done uh, and what I should be doing, but more to just put my heart and soul and my passion into the dishes that I created and hope that you know, in that way uh, I would win this family around uh, and in particular the wife. And I guess the wonderful ending to the story was it wasn't that I was always producing fabulous food. It wasn't that I always got it right. But we came to a very happy place, all of us. So happy that actually I ended up working for these guys for almost a year. And I look back on it now as one of the most extraordinary years of my life. So many amazing stories to share about that year. So many things I learned and discovered about life, about myself, about people, relationships... Uh, in all sorts of different ways and the gentleman that I worked for is no longer around and I'm so 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 sad about that because I truly believe that he would be one of my absolute supporters in what I am doing right now in my life. I know he would be so proud of where I am with regards to my podcast, having a cookbook coming out and throwing myself into what I've always been passionate about, which is cooking and food and bringing people together around the table. But the wife is still around and I kind of have a dream. I have a dream of being able to get back to the States and getting to Cape Cod where she's now living in Provincetown and managing to see her while she is still with us. And if I could have that cookbook in my hand that I have produced and be able to sit with her and show her that year for me in their home with their family meant so much to me. It was such a period of growth and change for me and self-confidence in who I am and what I do uh, and being able to share that with them and their family and their colleagues and peers and clients and all that went with that uh, has really culminated and, and been such a incredible part of, of who I've become. So my little kind of dream is to be able to achieve that and I think it needs to be fairly quickly. So it's something that is in the back of my mind I'd love to do. I am in touch with their daughter and I, I'm really excited to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to use social media, thank goodness for social media, and be able to keep that connection going because it was just so vital for me at the time. But one really fun story of that era, which I must share because it is is still makes me laugh so hard, was obviously I was there. Well, not obviously, but I was there in October. So through the whole uh, autumn, fall period of um, time of the year and in that period of time there's obviously a lot of squash and pumpkins around and you know it's heading into Halloween and and that period and all the shops the fruit and vegetable shops and around Cape Cod were just full of pumpkins and pumpkin pie and everything was around the fall vegetables and this whole like celebration around Um, harvest and Halloween and it was just so colourful and fantastic. Anyway, one day my boss and his wife were heading off for a few days and she said to me, look, can you please make sure you use up all the squash that are in the house because she had some on the tables for decoration. They were just kind of everywhere, all these beautiful little squash and they're all these great colours and great shapes and sizes. And she said, please cook them all up, you know, use them all up uh, while we're away because otherwise they'll get thrown away. So while they were away, I took hold of all of the squash around the house and I took them all into the kitchen. I thought, what? a painful job. Now, what I did not know was that I could have actually thrown them all into the oven, roasted them and then peeled the skins off, which, you know, is a fairly recent discovery for me, I must admit. So I'm quite sad on reflection that I didn't at least know that. So I stood there for what must have been hours. In fact, I remember just being under my breath about it uh, and Peeling with a sharp knife All these ridiculous little squash Which looked great on the table But were not fun to peel and chop And remove the seeds of Anyway I got there in the end And I thought I'll make this gorgeous Big pumpkin soup Big comfort food And we'll freeze a whole heap off And then it's there for not when clients and stuff come, but when family come and they're just having like a TV dinner or whatever. So, you know, I popped it all onto the stove and I made my own stock and I added the stock to the pumpkins and the squash and cooked, 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 cooked away. And then one of my girlfriends decided to come over in the afternoon and we had a glass of wine. And I said, well, the good thing is, you know, we have literally... Litres of pumpkin soup here. So we'll make some garlic bread and we'll have this beautiful pumpkin soup for dinner with the garlic bread. So I pureed up the soup and I went to have a taste, check the seasoning, and I was reeled back from tasting the soup because I swear it was pure poison. It was so bitter, it was insane. It was like, oh my goodness. That is so bitter and foul. I need to spit it out. This is completely inedible. So I said to my girlfriend, Kelly, Kelly, come and try this soup. What on earth is going on with this soup?" And she tried it. She said, oh, my God, it's completely inedible. It's like poison or something. So I know. She said, what on earth have you put in there? And I just started to describe the process of what I had done. And she was Crying with laughter. She literally had tears pouring down her cheeks, crying with laughter. And she said, Vanessa, you cannot cook those little, what you're calling squash. You can't cook those. Those are gourds and they're only for decoration. I said, but that's what they said to do as they left the house. That's what they said to do. They said to collect all, everything from around the house and to cook it. And she was explaining to me, no, you cannot cook gourds. They are purely and simply for decoration. So the entire soup, I swear the entire soup had to go down the sink. It was a complete tragedy, a complete waste of my day and I Was furious. I was so livid because I was sure I'd been set up, you know, to kind of waste this whole day to make this poisonous soup. Anyway, I was also incredibly close with the girl who ran the fruit and veg shop in the area that I was living on the Cape. And the next day I got in the car to go to the fruit and veg shop to buy real pumpkin and butternut squash so I could make some pumpkin soup because I knew it would be on demand when I got back, that it would be expected that I'd made the soup. And I told the owner of the fruit and veg shop and she also was on the floor laughing Crying, thought it was one of the funniest stories she had ever heard. As the owner of a fruit and vegetable shop, and could not believe she's like, how could you not know that these are for decoration? I said because I come from Australia and we don't have all these crazy gourds and decorative squash all over the place that you can't cook with. So I learnt um, my lesson a very, very hard way and I had to swallow my pride when they came home and just to give them some beautiful pumpkin soup and not comment on the fact that I had wasted a day cooking the poisonous gourds into a soup and thrown it away because I thought it's not going to do me any good to highlight the fact that I actually blamed them, uh, that I just needed to take it on the chin, call it one of those funny lessons that you learn in life uh, and I will never forget it and I will never cook with a gourd again so this is sort of one of those episodes where I've just let one little story uh, slip into uh, the the episode here from my time on the Cape because there are so many and as I'm talking to you now I'm starting to remember so many crazy moments of my life on Cape Cod and then my subsequent time with the same family when we all got on a plane and flew to Closters in Switzerland and I continued to be their private chef there. Really, what a journey, what an amazing experience, what a true adventure it was and what my biggest learning of all was what I was saying at the beginning of this episode, you need to be true to you. So no matter who you are, what you're trying to do, whether you're trying to run a business, whether you're doing something voluntarily, whether you're just... You at home being a super wife and mum, whether you're a guy who is creating a business in a corporate role and you're just trying to get through your days, remember the most important thing is to be you, be true to you, be authentic, be who you are because that's what will shine through, that is what will bring success and happiness at the end of the day. Trying to be someone that you are not, trying to replicate the person you think is successful that you need to emulate to achieve success is not going to work. So that's my little philosophical uh, episode and podcast for you today. I hope you all got something out of it, even if it was just to have a giggle over the story of me trying to cook with poisonous gourds on Cape Cod. A- good. Oh, where am I at? Oh, 20 odd years ago. Hey, thanks again for listening, guys. It is so awesome to know that you guys are on board and sharing this journey with me. If you know of any friends or anyone that you think um, might also enjoy listening to the Fearless Kitchen podcast, it would be amazing if you could share it with them, give me a bit of a shout out. And if you're up for leaving a review, that would be awesome. It isn't an easy process. You need to go into i iTunes search for the fearless kitchen podcast as if you have never listened to it before and then click on reviews and add one it would be so cool if you could do that so that we can spread the word about the podcast uh, and I can connect with more people out there globally once again thanks hugely to world podcasts for being my supporter and my partner and thanks to you guys too because it's thanks to you that I come in and share these stories and this journey Bye guys, see you next week.